Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and today, Miss Southern <laughs> Shell's not here. We've got a, another co-host, Mr. Mark Williams. Can I not be lovely and beautiful, too? Uh, I, I, mean, I ain't going into all that. Come on now. <laughs> you, you're more smoky and... Yeah, rough and <laughs> probably got bags under my eyes this morning. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. So, Mark, what's going on, man? Man, I'm just filling in the cracks where I need to. There you go. Well, yeah, Shell, hopefully Shell will be back next week. She's feeling a little down, but... You know, she's been hard at it. Yeah, so. hard working lady. That's can't right. Keep that's out. right. But we're still going to have our podcast. We've got a special guest coming that we're going to bring on here after a while uh, via video, right, Tyler? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nick Mangold, number 74 for the New York Jets. Nick Nick was like a, what, a seven time uh, Pro Bowler, played like 13 seasons as a center for the. The Jets, and uh, he's into barbecue, so we're going to see what that's all about later on. Football yeah. and barbecue? Hey, it goes Pretty hand solid, in hand. ain't it? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we're going to you know, talk about our normal stuff. First and foremost, Mark, I wanted to mention our Palmer Home Fundraiser. We're going to do that every every uh, time we get a chance because uh, you know it's for a good cause. So, we, you know, we've got this little campaign going where we're trying to raise twenty grand to feed one of the Palmer Home houses that they house eight kids in. And so uh, that's still up and running, and – uh, it's on the website. You can go there and donate. You can uh, start your own little campaign, and we're having a contest to see who raises the most money. Mark, we're going to do a, a class. You're going to be part of that. I'm excited. Yeah. That's that, going to be a good time. It is going to be fun. We're going to um, – I think it's like, what we say, five people. They're going to each get to bring a guest, so it'll be a 10-person Ten class only. And just cooking my favorite things to cook, which, you know, we're going to do all the good stuff. And then who knows, we may go to La Siesta tomorrow. Got to get to tap it <laughs> Malcolm Special. That's right. The Malcolm Special and the margaritas. We're at $6,364. That's great. Hey, yeah. We're almost halfway to our goal. So that's, that's awesome. moving right along. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, you know, I did a, I did that Mac rib sandwich this week. On, and that one, uh, you actually came by. I timed that just yeah, you, right you, on you, purpose. You did. You did. You came by and got to try that one. So, all right, Mark. I always say my stuff turns out good. What did you think? You, that was legit one of the best barbecue bites I've ever had. You started a diet that day, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> I broke it for about ten minutes. <laughs> Does Emily know that you you ate some macaroni? I think that she day? smelt it on my breath when I got home. <laughs> no, it was yeah. like you know we and what, I do it too. You know when we're doing a YouTube video, I always say, "Man, that's good." And we're honest about it. Most of the time, everything is pretty good, you know. Yeah. But that was epic. That was its own league of its own. I mean, just. That was a good bite. McDonald's don't compare. No. They? That's what I said. That, I mean, you know, I'd had that idea for a while, and I've seen other people do them. But, you know, at McDonald's, they use like a processed pork patty, and I guarantee it never hits East Smoke no. Grill. They warm it up. If they'd have that sauce. sandwich, they'd have real golden arches. Oh, yeah, they really would. Heck, yeah. <laughs> they'd have a whole other line of food, wouldn't they? But I took – so I took a, a slab of Compart baby bags and just ran them through the rib process seasoned them, you know, wrapped them up. They got tender. The one thing I think helped get those bones out was I scored it a little bit beside each bone. And so when I cooked those ribs, and I didn't probe them, but I just kind of did the bend test. When they when I felt like they were tender, they were like they were going to eat them, I just took them out and popped those bones right out. And then, surprisingly, they held together pretty well. I mean, I've done it a couple times just kind of testing out that recipe. I've never had a slab break on me yet, but I think as long as you don't get too aggressive on the front side trimming, and you pull the membrane and make that slit, those bones pop out. So it all really holds itself yeah. together. 
Man. I was impressed how well it looked presented on the board before you cut it. <laughs> I mean, it was the most beautiful slab of ribs you can imagine. And you'd think it looked weird with no bones, but if you if you didn't know there was no yeah, bones, yeah, you, you would have glanced at it and never known. And just thought it was a rack of yeah. ribs laying there. That's yeah. what we need to do. Like next time we have a get together, just do like five slabs like that. And have all the bones. And just out. start pulling them. And they're like, man, yeah. where's the bones? It's <laughs> boneless like boneless hog. That's right, boneless hog. But yeah, but that that sandwich. I mean, I kept it simple: loaf of French bread, drizzled some of my special sauce on it. That fifty fifty blend. You can't hardly beat that. No. And then thin onions and pickles like McDonald's does. Put the ribs on there and smothered it more sauce and cut it up. You couldn't eat that whole sandwich. No. That whole You've done good to eat like one portion. Yeah. Like it that's, was, I cut it in fours, and that's what we ate. I think Michael got one. Shell got one. I got one. You got one. No, don't so, say I got did one. You, I got oh, a half you got, Yeah, you just yeah. try to bite. Yeah, that's right. Bite. You just try to bite. Just bite. That's right. But, but, I mean, still, you think of it, you're eating at least two or three ribs worth of meat. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a pretty good portion, you know. And I think – I would love to take that and do like another twist on it because, you know, people don't realize how good a pickle and onion goes on oh, good barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. Like, that's right. There's, there's so much more you could do with that, not a sandwich. You know, right. like, what else could you do that would be just, mm, them pickle and onion made it though. You need you need to do one on yours and do the beef rib with a big O sandwich. Like, that'd be awesome. That'd be a hoss. Oh, uh, dude, you know, what kind of bread? If you could use like a muffaletta uh, roll that they do because it's kind of that shape. Break pull, your jaw trying to eat it. Pull oh, you had to you had to cut it up like a buffaletta kinda. It'd be good. Like it, oh. I guess you do them boneless short ribs would be good. I do I know. I think do the whole, oh, the whole plate and then gum. pull those but you can slide those Man, bones right out. That thing. Oh dude, it'd be awesome. It would really would be awesome. I wouldn't turn it down. No, yeah, if you don't do it, I'm probably gonna do it. <laughs> you gotta watch Maybe what that's I something say. We work on together. Yeah. We'll have to do a collab on that. You need to get one. some buddies to eat that one with you. <laughs> if you can finish one portion. Yeah, one rib worth. I guess you couldn't really do it. I guess you, if you if you cut the rack individually, I have seen somebody do that on TikTok. 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 Sorry about that, Tyler. <laughs> TikTok, Tyler. <laughs> but where they have you seen them where they, they'll take a one-bone section of a beef rib and then put it like on a roll, and then they'll take the bone and kind of hold the bread, and then they'll slide it out? Oh, um, that sounds it so does good. look good. They did it. I think when I saw it, it was like a uh, – They'd turned the short rib into pastrami, and so they had done it like a it was like a Reuben, like a beef rib Reuben. So that the only you know, one I seen that I really thought would be like I want to try. They done the same thing. They done whole beef ribs, big ones, cut it into single bones, and then he actually laid it in a soft taco shell, oh, slid it out, and then where the bone went, all of his fillings went where that bone was. So it was yeah. like pico and jalapenos, and he rolled it up. Dude, that's it. Looks so dude. good. Yeah. I'm so, all for that. Anytime we can do something like that, let's do it. That's right. That's right. So what have you been up to, Mark? I know you've been doing some videos. and uh, uh, Trying to get back in swing. Um, we've done the Bacon Wrap Donut video, which got a lot of love, but there was a lot of people upset about that. Like, why? I, they said it wasn't supposed to go together. It's them vegans. They're mad. Bacon and donuts? <laughs> I mean. Have you ever had a maple glazed donut? With, yeah. Oh, Emily like you can them. go to the donut shop in town and get bacon on top of the donut. Yeah. Like it's not out of this world crazy. It's breakfast food. Yeah. I think that goes perfect together. But I didn't get to try them. They were good. They were real good. It was so we done the ones up here at the shop, and they were they were really good. But I kind of done a little bit like changed it up a little bit because I learned from that one. Like so that we done the pre cooked microwave bacon. Yeah, and I love doing that for like stuff you're gonna wrap in bacon because a it's already cooked, so you don't have to overcook what you wrap. So like we're right. doing bacon wrap deer meat. Mm-hmm. I do that because I'm not worried about trying to get that bacon crispy. It's done. You nail the perfect doneness on the deer meat. And it turns out phenomenal. Right. And with a donut hole, I really don't know what a donut would do if you left it on the pit at 250 for yeah, yeah. two hours, you know? 
So we done the microwave pre-cooked bacon, wrapped it up, drizzled it with a little bit of caramel sauce, hit it with the barbecue rub, and they were excellent. This time, I still got microwave bacon, but I got the kind that you cook. And I popped it in the microwave. Is it pre-cooked a little? No. Or, oh. It's beautiful bacon. Like yeah. It's better look. Like that bacon, when I opened the box, because I was like, this ain't going to work. Because yeah. we actually, we done a click list. We got the wrong bacon. That's the only reason it worked yeah. out this way. <laughs> it was accident. Yeah, it was accident. So I was like, man, this ain't going to work. So we popped it in the microwave for like two minutes, and it got good and greasy and fatty, wrapped it up. And within 30 minutes on the pit, it was perfectly cooked bacon. And we done the same thing. Drizzled the caramel sauce, hit it with a little bit of barbecue rub. And it's so good. It's I mean, decadent. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the bacon that way is so tender. Like, it just melts. Like, it melts instantly. And as soon as you put it in your mouth and bite down on it, man, it's it's a good one bite. Now, I don't want to eat a dozen of them, but yeah. for one or two, it's the perfect bite. Yeah, I got to try those. I, did, I didn't get to, but I was like, man. Tyler, come up here. You was on the way to try them. And did you not make it either? They were gone. No, you man. I came up here. He posted like 45 minutes ago, and I was like, yeah. hey, man, I need some donuts. He's like, man, they're gone. We were busy. <laughs> he pulled up like coming in hot. Like didn't go in the park spot. He pulled up to the tent outside the doors like, you got any bacon wrapped donuts? And I'm like, they're out, man. So have you seen the uh, when people do the onion rings where they'll do the bacon? Mm-hmm. What if you took a whole Krispy Kreme glazed donut and did that with it? Would that work? It'd kill you. I'm doing oh, it. Oh, it'd work. I'm doing it. I mean, you think it would work? It'd do the exact same? Yeah. You just wrap pieces of bacon. I would do. I would do the same. The microwave bacon, like to well, me, like people, it's, it's like, pliable enough. Oh, to wrap it's like around. real bacon. Like yeah. it's it's nothing fake about it. Everybody's like that ain't real bacon. It is. It's just I guess it's somewhat cooked. But like yeah. what what I got was raw. It said microwave ready bacon. Yeah, and it was really really just real symmetrical. Like every bacon slice looked perfect. And man, you pop it in for a minute, two minutes, and it gets it to where it's cooked, but it ain't color. You know, yeah, it don't have any it still color. It's kind of white. Yeah, you yeah. wrap it up, works out. And then it then it browns up. Mm-hmm. once you throw it on the grill? Yep. So I did that with those bacon wrapped pickles, but I use just thin bacon, and so it takes them a lot longer to cook. You know, you're gonna need at least thirty minutes mm-hmm. to get that bacon somewhat, you know, brown. Now I do regular bacon on the pickles, just because I want that bacon grease in that pickle. <laughs> oh, it's so good. What'd you think about those, Tyler? We did that on TikTok. We hadn't released it yet. I ate way too but many of them. <laughs> bacon wrap, bacon wrap, bacon wrap, cloths and pickles with the homemade ranch. Man, uh, now hold on. Good. We're going back to the McRib. You need to do the bacon wrap pickle with a thin slice of onion on the pickle, wrap it in bacon, and glaze it. Oh, it make that bite and make it like an appetizer. I bet that would be good. Because you get all the good ingredients of that McRib. Yeah, but the bread. <laughs> would you put the? You put those on the on the bread. No, no, no. I'm saying take take your regular pickles like we've done. Yeah. Put you a piece of onion on it, wrap it in bacon. Right. Put your rub on it, cook it till it's done. There you go. Dip it in sauce, the 50 50 mix, put it back on, glaze it, and then you got a glazed bacon wrap pickle with the onion. That's taking it to another level. Keto friendly. It is. I guess it would be. Well, I mean, you got got your pork. Sauce wouldn't be. Thin sliced onion, Uh, pickles. Yeah. You can do that. Definitely do, do it that. on a kebab. Do a whole kebab of bacon Pickle and pickles. <laughs> <laughs> so you also did those big monster pork chops. I did. I got to finish that video this morning. Should go live here in a couple hours. Um, that was so. I back first part of the year, I guess. I ordered a bone-in pork loin from the butcher shop, and little did I know, I got literally the whole backbone. You know, so I mean, it was had the tenderloin side on it, had the big pork loin side. And then you just split the spine, basically. Yeah, I mean it was all intact. Like they were, you was not. You would have to have a butcher cut it. So that's what we did. So I carried it, had it cut to like two inch thick. You you 
You had it cut or you? No, we it? cut it. We had yeah. it with your saw. I cut it, but I told everybody in the video, hey, make sure to reach out. Not everybody's going to have a meat saw. That's right. So, hey, reach out to your butcher, tell him you want these cut. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can yeah. get a thick cut pork chop. That's right. And we cut them down, and it was like. It was like two bones or? It was a. Uh, yeah, it would be two, maybe two and a half bone. Come up, some of them I couldn't tell, so Dude, I that's split. Super thick. Oh, it was two of them. Like, so I carried the leftovers to Daddy, and it was in a stack of aluminum foil like this. And he's like, "Dang, how many pork chops is that?" I was like, two. <laughs> so it's a half a pork loin. Yeah. Even my grandmother ate one pork chop. <laughs> but no, I just wanted. I love a pork chop, and I love a oh, big. You can't beat it. Yeah, so I love like a big porterhouse chop. Yeah, because you had the tenderloin and the loin. It was on a T bone, just yeah, like a yeah, T bone. Yeah, and man, it was good. So. We just hit them with a little bit of spicy sausage seasoning, you know, got got some heat and got some savory notes on it, and then come back with a little barbecue rub, cooked them about 135, 140, glazed them, let them carry over to 145, pulled them off, and they were good. It was a – and I left all the fat cap on it, so you had that good crispy fat. How long I, How long did they cook? Uh, about two hours. Oh, so that's a pretty good cook. Yeah. yeah. I ran it about 250, 275, you know, on a stick burner, got some good smoke on them, and – Right at the end, I bumped the heat up to where it kind of caramelized that fat a little bit better. And Emily, like, I liked it. Like, it was a really good chop. Emily loved it. Like, she set the camera down. She's like, I want to try it. I got her bite. She sat there and ate the whole tenderloin side of one. Yeah. And she's like, that's one of the best chops I've ever had. <laughs> but, I mean, you with a thicker chop, you got so much more room for air. Like, oh, yeah. You're gonna dry if you out. drive one of them out, you've done something. <laughs> and, man, it was just packed full of moisture and – you know, it's perfect medium, you know, medium rare. That's where people go wrong with chops. They want to overcook them. I mean, if you take them over 145, you're done. Yeah. If it breaks I like 150. Pulling, I like I like cooking about 135 to 140 and letting them carry over to where they're right there at that 145 mark. And then they're perfect. So when we still cook, got plenty of juice in them. When we cooked the world championship in Fort Worth that year and they'd done the pork chop, yeah, Emily was, won it. That's right. That's we right. We pulled all them chops off 135. And I got there. third and she got first. And I'm no, I mean, I think a lot of it, people are still trying to take it to 165. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to, go for it. But I'm going to tell you that 140 is so much better. Yeah, I think so too. So talking about stick burners, we've been doing a lot of Memphis and May practicing. A ton. I talked about it some on the podcast already, but how many ribs? We've got to where we're cooking a case at a time. So it's about 18. 18 in a case. 18 racks on on Big Hoss. This will be... This weekend will be the third practice with 18. With 18? Yeah. And I've cooked probably 10 practices with like six and nine, you know, half cases and split cases up. And I think we've about got it down. So what? what's your big takeaway from doing all the practice? I mean, people say, well, why are y'all cooking so many ribs? Getting ready for Memphis. But for one, it's the world championship. We want to do the best we can, but we're actually learning and honing in that pit. I've learned more. So – Swine life doesn't compete near as much as they used to. You know, 2015, 2016, 17, we were out every weekend just yeah. like. Um, I've learned more in the last three weeks than I learned in all those years competing hands down. Cooking uh, ribs. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is my biggest thing is I want zero guesswork morning of. When we're on a river, I want it to be perfect. You know, I don't want if, – if we get beat, we get beat. That's fine. But I don't want it to be because of us or me or nothing else. I want to know for a fact what that recipe is going to do. Yeah. Um, but texture. I mean, each That's, time each time we've cooked, we started out with a pretty good texture. The last time we cooked it, we had a really good texture. We've learned it's from being consistent, knowing how to run that pit, where to keep those temps, when to bump it up when we're going in the pit, when to let it roll when we get them wrapped. Um, that's the biggest thing to me. Even probing. I've never 
in my life, in my whole cooking career, put a probe in a slab of ribs and watch what it done. I've always said the ribs are so thin, it don't matter. We're going to get them there. You can watch them. As we started doing that like and dialing them in, even from the point to where we first put them on the grill, when we wrap them, we've been working on the temperatures and, you know, different, different, uh, I would say brands of ribs do cook a little bit different. And that's what we've noticed. A lot of it has to do with the thickness, with the fat content of when they're letting go of that moisture and start breaking down. But once we get them wrapped and we have those probes in them, most of them dial out within about the same amount of yep. time and they hit that even plateau where they all catch up and then they creep up. And then we, that's, that's kind of where I'm not going to tell everybody where we've started <laughs> stopping them, <laughs> but for what's working for us has been, you know, it's, it's been pretty daggum solid. Yeah. And it's the been flavor consistent. part to me, the flavor part's the easy part on cooking ribs. Yeah. Cause everybody has a, you know, as long as you got salt, sweet spice, you're going to, it's appetizing. That's right. And it's, you know, nothing just outshines the other to me. But that texture is the most important thing. And to me, and I mean, we you especially see it like in steak content stuff, texture affects flavor. Oh, yeah. Hands down. You know, I mean, that's... Well, if your hey, texture's off, you're going to say, well, you know, you're not... I, 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 you're already downplaying it, you know. Uh, that's in your mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's natural. I mean, you may say you don't. Oh, I'm going to give that a great store because it tastes really good. It's just tough. But like but, eating a brick. You're yeah, not gonna, yeah. No. It just na- it'd be natural to score it down. So I think you have to... I have to you had to nail them all at the World Championship. But that's There's, been I mean, the biggest thing for me. And Jay coming down, visiting with us. Learn from that. Pit. Man. So Outlaw Smokers. Jay Craig, he's, Outlaw. Yeah, he's the inventor, the pit builder of them. I mean, you talk about a pit master. He knows how to run those pits. So I take a lot of pride in running them pits. Like I, when I, we first started cooking on stick burners, that was my goal was learn what it does. And I've ta- I, I consider myself pretty good at it. No, Jay Craig, he can run a pit. Yeah. Like – but I mean, that's what he told me. We got up that morning and we done a practice Friday. He so he got here on Thursday. We tried to kill him with food on Thursday night. Put just whooped him down with some good stuff. Did you cook or oh, go yeah. out? No, we cooked at the house. We cooked. Well, we'll get to that. I'm sorry. So, anyways, got up Friday and fired the pit up seven o'clock. Run through a full rib practice. We cooked nine slabs in, um, and we had a really good rib. And Jay wanted to watch me run up it. And because he wanted to kind of see how we run it, what we're doing, what we want to do, yeah, yeah, how we're trying to get our smoke and everything like that. And then Sunday, he's like, "What's my job going to be?" And I said, "You run the pit, nobody else touches it. You do you." He said, "Okay, I, I can do that." And he did. I mean, I told him, I said, "Give me two fifty. He got it. Give me this. He got it. Give me a little smoke. It was there." Yeah. And and I mean, there was no fluctuation. No, the pit just stayed right where we wanted. So we wrapped eighteen slabs of ribs, and you know, rib wrapping is not a quick process. Yeah. That pit never moved off 275. The whole time, it never fluctuated, never dropped. I mean, the pit stayed there. And I think that was a lot of it right there. I was impressed by that. I, you know, one thing I was learning was he brought different size splits to put on at different times to really control mm-hmm. it. When he was watching, I mean, he stayed with that pit to know what it did. He didn't leave it. Mm-mm. And then he would say, okay, we need one that's, you know, needs to be two inches wide this time. Or it needs just, we just got a piece of one now that it's all it needs to keep it going. But the fire, was consistent the whole time. So I mean, and it wasn't fighting it. It no. was just doing what it. I mean, he knew what to do at the right time too. No, it was it was perfect. And I told him, "Come Memphis and May, you do exactly that." Yeah, so he's going to come back yep. with us and hang out with. He us. He said he's bringing like, a director chair and he's sitting right there at that pit and he ain't moving. I said, living. "That's what I need. That's what we need." Yeah, but, but uh, he had a good visit. I enjoyed. It. That's the first time I ever met him in person. I talked to him on the phone a few times, but that was that was a great that was a great practice weekend. Yeah, it was. So I got some more in us before load in. I got picking up a case this afternoon. We'll do a practice again Saturday. 
And then I've we've got comp parts to practice with. We've got, uh, I think we compare them to just some other brands we've tried. Um, you know, I, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to figure out which one we want to pick. Cause we've had some good ribs. Yeah. It's, we've had comp parts are, you know, since I started back cooking them, man, that's what I did that McRib with. And it's, it was good. The texture, the flavor, the fat that's in them, man, it's good. So McRib. we'll have a practice Saturday, and then we have that local contest next week, which that's, I'm, I'm going to cook it. That. Yeah, I'm going to cook it just like Memphis May. I'm going to cook 18 slabs for that Are one. You? I, to turn in, turn in one box, I'm cooking yeah, 18 slabs. I'm not going to cook that many. So, but I am going to cook. I'm going to uh, take Miss Fancy up there. Cook I got to get her clean. Contest first time. So I'll probably roll it out this afternoon if the weather's nice. Rinse it off, get it clean, put a fire in it. Season it a little. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, um, so we're, I think, we're about, Tyler, are we about ready to bring Nick on? Yeah, he's uh, he's about to get in the Zoom call right now. All right. Well, hey, we'll come, we'll come back. Hopefully, we will have uh, Mr. Nick Mangold live in action. Hey, so we've got Mr. Nick Mangold here with us today live. This is our second time having a video guest on, and I just want to introduce Nick real quick. Nick, you are a seven-time Pro Bowl center for the New York Jets. You played in the NFL for 13 years, and now you're doing 74 barbecue. Man, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, we were excited. You know, it, 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 every day we get to talk to some uh, NFL players. So, uh, you know, especially to find out you were into barbecue and you've got a, a line of sauces, I think, in the works now. So we just wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit and talk some barbecue. That's kind of what we do here on the How to Barbecue Right podcast. Yeah, and I love it, too. I, I caught some of the episodes uh, before I got on here. Um, I got to tell you, your, uh, your Malcolm's ribs, your, the ones that you love to do for your own self, all those things looked amazing. <laughs> I, I, I just, you killed me. Like, all I wanted was ribs yesterday, and it, it just destroyed me. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So, so for the folks that don't know you, uh, you know, give us a little of your story, how you got into barbecue, man. Yeah, so um, it, it was kind of just a funny happenstance. Um, you know, my wife had bought me a big green egg um for i think my first or second father's day so this is about 10 years ago um and then um and i i dabbled with it but i never really knew what what to do with it and then um uh while i was playing with the jets uh we had an offensive line coach an assistant offensive line coach who was a certified barbecue judge out of montana um and he kind of held my hand and showed me um you know how to do things how to how to do a full brisket um and and pulled pork and and the whole lot and you know it was kind of one of those things where i've always enjoyed barbecue but um once i learned how to do it uh, it just exploded for me um, my love for it just it exploded um and after a while i was you know I was buying sauce and everything and um i got kind of handy in the kitchen and i was like you know what i bet it can make a pretty pretty good sauce so i started working on a recipe um probably five years ago uh, finally got it to the where i wanted um, and I, I loved it. And it was, it was one of those things where it was kind of neat to be able to share that with someone. Uh, it's always fun to be able to cook for someone and, and for it to be delicious, uh, makes it even better. And, um, and about two years ago, um, I, I was retired from football and, and trying to figure out what I want to do with myself with the, my four kids running around like crazy. Um, knew I had to come up with something. Um, and you know, it was one of those things where like, well, what do you love? And I was like, I love barbecue. Like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's do something. He's like, and I was like, um, you know, I have a sauce and like, oh, that's great. Let's, let's see if, uh, other people like it, if they like it enough, you know, let's see if we can get, um, someone to make it and, and bottle it and, um, start selling it. And so, uh, that's what we did. And, um, it's been, 
we've been open for about a year now. Uh, it's been a little tricky uh, navigating the pandemic while you're trying to, um, you know, sample sauce to people because no one wants to take food from somebody just standing outside a store right now. Um, but it, it's it's been cool. It's been a neat experience. Um, and the barbecue community is, is such a, a fun community where everyone gets together, you know, and, and share their love of, of food and, and, and people. And, um, you know, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, man. Barbecue and football just seem to go together. So I love that approach of it, man. You know, we we do a lot of tailgating and, you know, a lot of friends coming over and watching the game, cooking for our fantasy teams and all that. And, man, you know, in the South, uh, you know, football's life here too. So it incorporates well. Uh, what So what style would you say that, that's your favorite style of barbecue? You know, here we're in the Memphis region, so uh, we're about, I guess, 15 miles from Memphis, so that's heavily influenced us here. But do you have a, a favorite style? I know, are you still living in Jersey, I guess? Yeah, I'm still still here in Jersey. Uh, I was born and raised in Ohio, um, and it's kind of given me a, a unique perspective um, that uh, I really don't have – I don't tend to go towards one style. Um, I love them all, and not being influenced – not being close enough to any any true barbecue area uh, kind of allowed me to just navigate and, and see all of them. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. Um, and it was a shame, too, because last year, um, as a, as we were getting going to the barbecue sauce, I had this big plan. It was back in January last year. Um, I was going to do a whole tour, a whole barbecue tour, where I was going to you know hit all the big spots um, and, and make a spring of it. And then, obviously, the pandemic hit, and so that hasn't happened yet. But as soon as I can, um, I really look forward to traveling around because, you know, with football, you, you get to travel and you get to see the different cities. And you get to smell all those tailgates as you're coming into different stadiums, um, but not really being able to experience it because you're there for such a short time. Um, I needed to do it on my own terms. And so uh, hopefully I'll be able to get down and, and get around and, and really dive into to some of the, the amazing spots that uh, I just haven't been able to hit yet. Um man, I tell you what, if you ever get down here to the Memphis area, man, me and Mark can show you some of our favorite places, give you a taste of what the okay. style's like. Any good food I'm down for. Definitely hit you up, no worries. <laughs> so, you know, going back to your sauces, I know you de- you've developed uh, two on the market right now. Do you want to tell us kind of a little bit about each one of them and, and what kind of flavors you have going on? Yeah, sure. Um, so when it, when this started out, you know, it was, what do you want to do? And, you know, I want to do something with barbecue. And then, you know, when we got to the sauce side, um, you know, I wanted to, a passion project to be something that really meant something to me. Um, and the two aspects that really uh, keep me going in this whole business, um, other than the love of barbecue and everything, um, is that I want to have a sauce for each of my kids. Um, and so I have four kids right now. Um, I have two sauces out, so I have two more to go. So I'm trying to sell as much sauce as I can to be able to put out uh, the next two. Um, and then a charity component and that we uh, we donate a portion of the proceeds of each bottle sold uh, to answer the call charity. It's up here in uh, New York City um, that benefits the families of fallen first responders. And so uh, it's a great charity I've been involved with for a long time. And now, you know, I get to give a little bit of money back each time I sell a bottle of sauce. So those are the two things that really drive me to keep going with the sauce stuff. And so the first one, my two sauces right now are the OG and the spicy. Um, the OG is named, uh, obviously it's the original. Um, it's the first one I ever came up with and it, uh, coincides with my first son. Um, you know, he's my original child. Uh, he's my firstborn. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of went hand in hand. And then, um, the second sauce is the spicy and it's basically just the, the OG sauce. Uh, but we ramped up the heat and, you know, 
that was kind of for my second son, who's my third born. Um, he is very much like my firstborn, um, the OG, but he is a firecracker. So he's the spicy one. And so those are the first two we came up with. I have uh, two daughters um, that I have sauces uh, pretty much waiting in the wings. I have the recipes done. Um, I just need to, to be able to get distribution and everything going before I, I, I am able to put them uh, to production. Um, <clears throat> so I'm really excited about that. And it, it's kind of, I was talking to um, somebody, one of my friends down in Houston, and he was asking me, he's like, all right, well, what, what kind of, you know, what kind of style is your sauce? You know, where, where do you think it most uh, closely relates to? And I was sitting there and I was like, well, you know, here's, here's the thing. I took, I stole from every other recipe, you know, I could and threw them all together and combined it. Um, and so it's a very unique taste. It definitely has, it's a barbecue taste and, and you know, it's barbecue. You'll never question it for ketchup or anything, um, but it's its own unique taste. And I said, so I'm, I'm going to call it New Jersey style. He looked dead at me and said, don't you ever say that you have New Jersey style BBQ. <laughs> no one from Texas is ever going to buy anything like that. I was like, Ooh, okay. Sorry. I agree. Good I agree. call. Good call. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's just, it's its own unique flavor. Um, I blended a bunch of stuff together. Um, and it, it's, I, I think it's the best sauce that's out there personally. So, so when you started making your sauce, did you just start in the kitchen at your house or did you work with somebody that was already doing them or how'd you come up with those, no, those sauces? I, yeah, I was working. Um, I was just doing it in my kitchen. Um, you know, I was, I was researching online, finding, you know, the first one was like, all right, you know, barbecue sauce recipe. And that's the first one I looked at. Um, and then, you know, I kept going down. The line. I was like, all right, well, what's a Carolina sauce recipe. And then, you know, just kept going down the line and kept finding things. And finally, um, you know, one that um, my my the offensive line coach that really got me into barbecue, his um, he always leans back to uh, Meyer and Mixon, um, and so I was looking at some of his sauce recipes, and um, so I was just taking you know little pieces from each one and, and kind of combining them together um, to make my own. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you know for us when we. We started developing sauces. That was one thing that was – it just seemed like it took forever because we knew we had a good sauce, but then when you go translating it into mass producing it, that's the difficult part to me. So it – you know, oh. a, a lot of times – I mean, it would it, – I'd say it takes a year to bring one to, to actually get it to market or what I call being able to – for retail sale just because, you know, I can throw a sauce together that tastes great in my kitchen, but once I, you know, try to pass that recipe on and we sign off on them trying to make it and scale it to where they can make, you know, hundreds of gallons of it, it changes. So it, that's that's the challenge uh, for it has been for me with the two sauces that I have. Oh, it, it's a it's a crazy challenge. And that's the thing that I learned, um, not really the hard way, kind of the hard way, is how much goes into a, a bottle of sauce. You know, you walk through the grocery store, and you see, you go down the Kahneman Island, you see all the barbecue sauces that are sitting there. You look at all the different bottles and everything, and the amount of time um, and effort that goes into each individual bottle um, that's being sold there between, you know, the bottle shape, the label design, logo design, um, the nutritional information, the ingredient list. Like, it, it, it's crazy just, just for the bottle. But then you're right, on the soft side itself, you know, being able to, to scale it up, um, that's where we hit a, a little, the first manufacturer that we had, um, did a heck of a job and, and it took us from when we started to get production, we were just a little under a year, um, where we were ready to, to go to shelves. 
Um, but now, you know, we've, we've been very fortunate that we've kind of, you know, ramped up in sales and everything. So we had to find a new manufacturer because the old one wasn't able to, to, to keep up with us. Um, and so we're, it's like, we're starting all over, um, and, and trying to, you know, get that, make sure, you know, they have the recipes, but making sure that they taste right as they scale them up, um, is, is a shocking thing. Cause it seems like it'd be so easy. Well, you just multiply everything by five and bam, you got yourself a big batch, but it doesn't seem to work that way. Never does. Yeah, that, yeah, it never does. That's that, that was my big thing is it made sense. Like if I'm putting so much, you know, brown sugar in something that I ought to be able to just multiply. Well, it don't work like that. I mean, those flavors do something yeah. different when you go to mass scaling them. I made that That's mistake. Crazy. So when me and my wife got married, we were going to give like as wedding gifts, like little jars of sauce. And we made it for, you know, two or three gallons. We never made it for like 10 gallons. So we made it. Pulled it all out. My brother helped me make it. Actually, Jamie made 90% of it, but got done, and he brought it to me, and he hadn't tasted it. I tasted it. I said, Jamie, I said, this ain't even close. Like He's like, I followed recipe to the T. I'm like, you may have, but it ain't right. Yeah, it just don't scale. <laughs> Go back to scratch. Yeah. Now, what I ended up doing was making multiple small batches. Yeah. You know, that's what you had that's to do. That's what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. But once you you know once you get it right with them, it's, that's the great thing about when they get it scaled because it always comes out the same, so you don't have to worry about changes unless the only thing i've seen is where maybe a co-packer runs out of one ingredient or they try to source something cheaper and slip it in on you so you always got to do quality control on those batches to make sure they're using the same ingredients yeah and that's not a problem i love doing the quality control test and that was one joke that we were making as we were getting started out and uh things were going real slow there because uh our first line of production rolled off uh, March 22nd of 2020. So, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and so it was slow rolling and, uh, we were, we were making a joke like, all right, well, you know, if we don't sell these things, it was fun that we tried and everything it was like, yeah, if we don't sell these things, at least I have barbecue sauce now for like the next three years. Um, you know, I don't have to keep making it. So it was, uh, um, but fortunately, you know, things got rolling and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing, all right. Um, I'd love to do better. Um, and as soon as we can, because you can't do any tailgates. And that was the big thing that we were planning um, with this sauce is that I was going to be able to incorporate my love of, of barbecue and my love of football, bring them together um, and have a lot of fun with it. And then uh, not being able to be with anybody really slowed things down. So I'm hoping this football season, um, you know, we're ready to go. We're ramped up. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get out and, and get people together. Um, and that way we can we can start slinging some sauce all over uh, different tailgates and, and travel around the country. So do you still um, do some work with the Jets organization now that you're retired from the field? Or Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, I think I'm technically an ambassador. Um, so basically, um, it keeps me around the team, uh, which is nice. And, you know, I, I get to do different events, uh, different uh, publicity stuff, PR um, you know, work with season ticket holders, suite holders. And so, um, you know, it, it's nice to be able to, to kind of stick around. Um, they let me come back a little bit and it, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> we, when we moved, cause the jets used to be on long Island and they moved over to New Jersey, uh, in 2008. So when we moved over to New Jersey, um, you know, we were still planning on going back to Ohio when, when everything was said and done. Um, but then as, as we stayed here longer and longer and roots got deeper and deeper, we got stuck here. Um, and so now, you know, I'm like five minutes away from the practice facility for the jets. Um, and so I think every once in a while they get kind of tired of me, like, ah, Nick, you need to go do something else. 
um, get out of here and leave us alone. <laughs> was that a hard transition? You know, not lacing them up anymore when you when you finally decided to hang them up. Um, it it was a little bit, um, mainly because you know I finished on an injury, um, which wasn't really the way I I had envisioned um, calling it quits. But uh, you know, at the time, I had three kids. Um, at home and I was spending a bunch of time with him as I was rehabbing my injury. And after a while, it just kind of became a point where it was like, you know what, I'm enjoying my time with my kids. Um, and I'm starting to wake up in the mornings and, and after not banging into somebody for two hours, uh, my body is actually feeling pretty good. Um, and so, you know, it, it was, it was a little tricky at first, but then, you know, as, as time went on, it, it was fine with it. You know, I, I still love the game of football. Um, but I sure, sure do like waking up and not feeling like crap every morning um, after going through a car wreck every day. Yeah, I, I imagine firing up that barbecue pits, but much easier than going out there and busting heads. Exactly, <laughs> much easier. <laughs> so, is that are you are you thinking barbecues the full time gig now, or do you have something else going on in your life that you're doing as a career? Uh, no, I'm, I'm hoping barbecue is, you know, it's been, uh, I've been able to do a bunch of food, like at least barbecue and food, um, seem to be, uh, what I like, you know, it, it's been, um, like I said, I got pretty good in the kitchen, um, helping out around the house when my first son was born. Um, I was looking for a way to help out and, um, you know, I didn't really want to do any cleaning. So I figured I'd help out cooking, um, and just kind of fell in love with it. It was very, um, you know, football is very regimented and all right, you need to go this way at, you know, at this time and, and put your feet here, put your hands here and do everything by the books where cooking is, is much more, all right, a little dab of this, a little dab of that. And let's see if it tastes good. If it doesn't, you know, try again. Um, and so I, I really found the, the creative side of food um, exciting. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, I think barbecue is the best type of food. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun. And I think, you know, not only is the food tasty and delicious, but it's also kind of what barbecue has, um, behind it, you know, where it's the, the process, um, how long it takes, you know, the fact that it's a community based with friends and family. Um, you know, you, anytime you do barbecue, you're not doing it small. Um, so you got to have a lot of people over to, to enjoy it. Um, and, and that's something that appeals to me, you know, being able to share, um, you know, whatever, whatever you smoke that day, um, with, with a bunch of people and have a good time. Um, it, it's something that I think is a special, special style of cooking. You, you know, that's always what I've said that I love about it too. It's a communal aspect of it where, you know, you're spending all this time working on something, but then you're sharing it with people and whether it's friends, family, the community, that's, you know, that's what makes barbecue great is that everybody comes together and usually, you know, the, the attitudes get hung up when, when you're at a barbecue. You don't have too much trouble. Everybody's friendly, loving it, eating some good food. Unless the barbecue sucks. Yeah, unless it sucks. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you have a um, like? What's the, what's your favorite thing that you like to throw on the pit? Do you have something that you know you do really well that that you, that's your go to? So my my go to um, has been um, a, a great pork butt. Um, you know, I, I got. I can, I can do them all. Um, I, but I think I do the pork butt the best, you know, it, 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 it's such, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, for some reason it's the one that I, I think I do the best, but I also love, um, you know, when you, when you get the pork butt, you, you know, I'm a big fan of injecting. Um, so injecting it the night before, um, you know, going through the whole process of, of the rub, of the smoke, 
Um, and then, you know, when you're able to just pull that bone and it just slips right out and then everything just kind of falls apart and has that juiciness, um, the flavor of it, that smoky flavor. Um, and it's so versatile too. That's what I, I also like about it um, when sharing it. Cause I see people, they'll eat just the pulled pork. Um, you know, they'll, they'll eat it as a slider. Um, you know, you have, if you have leftovers now you have like a, do a nice little pulled pork fried rice. Um, there's so much you can do with it. And so, um, I, I think pulled pork is, is definitely uh, my go-to. Yeah. I'd like to see those number 74 barbecue nachos. I bet you could throw down on some of those. That sounds like some good tailgate stadium food. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's the crazy part about, uh, you know, where, you know, I played, I played at Ohio State um, University for four years and then NFL for 11 years. So for 15 years of my life, I was always around football. And football also, you know, is tailgating. They go hand in hand. Um, I didn't go to my first tailgate until I was retired, um, which kind of like every time I would say that to somebody, they're like, well, you didn't go to any of them? I was like, well, no, I was, I was working. So never got a chance to. Um, and now that I'm able to, because you, you go to the stadium and you smell as you're driving into the stadium, you get all those smells and you see people tailgating. It looks like a grand, great time, but now to actually be able to do it, um, it, it kind of is like, for me, I was like, I don't know, maybe I like the tailgate a little bit more than I like the actual, you know, going to the game. <laughs> there's, there's so many different varieties. You walk around, especially, you know, when you're at a, a big NFL stadium or a big college stadium, then you have so many different tailgates going on they all have something new and unique to them, which is, is really cool and, and fun to check out. Man. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I went to school at Ole Miss, so we're, we're the ultimate tailgaters there in the Grove. So I don't know if you ever <laughs> got a chance to come down there and play them, but uh, man, that that's something. And, and you're right. You see a little bit of everything going on. I mean, you've got people barbecue and you may have them, you know, if LSU comes to town, you get all the Cajun food and that, that's something I always loved going to the tailgates. To me, like a tailgate, yeah. especially like at Oxford, like every booth is like its own recipe. So you could walk around a tailgate and it's walking through a cookbook. I mean, everybody brings like a lot of their family recipes to a tailgate, and that's that's where we get a lot of inspiration from when we used to go. Heck yeah! Oh yeah, and what I find cool too is like when you're able to go, um, you know, people that kind of do their tailgate corresponding with the the away team. So like, you know, um, up here in New York, whenever uh, the Jets are playing the Buffalo, like all of a sudden everything you have, but you know, your Buffalo chicken wings, you got, <laughs> I, I ran into one guy, he had, um, he had a portable pizza maker, um, gas fired pizza oven. Um, and so he was doing Buffalo chicken pizza. Um, and so I think that's pretty cool. Like when you, when people theme it up for the away team um, and it adds that little different dynamic of, well, I would have never expected to get, uh, you know, Buffalo chicken pizza at a barbecue, like it just, or at a tailgate, because you just, you don't expect it. Yeah. Hey, if you've never thrown any of that pulled pork on a pizza, man, you're missing out. You got to try that. Well, that's a good idea. Ooh, I haven't done that <laughs> I've yeah. used it in everything else. They got a good pulled pork hash in the morning too. Oh, oh can't yeah. beat it. That's right. That's right. So besides the big green egg, do you have any other pits on the back porch where you're doing your cooking? Now I, I got, um, we have an outdoor pizza oven, um, which is a lot of fun. And I have a, a regular old gas Weber. Um, and then my big green egg, I'm, I'm really trying to get my wife to let me, uh, put in a big, uh, side box smoker. Um, I've used, I borrowed one once and, and used it and it was, it was an amazing experience. And it's such, um, such a different way to go about it than the big green egg. 
Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but for the time being, my wife says I have too many toys as it is. Um, and that it may be down the line. So fingers crossed. Yeah, we, we get that too. <laughs> you just sneak them in. You Nobody just, looks. That's right. Sneak them in. Give them a nice gift. And <laughs> Throw some dust on it. That's, that's been there forever. <laughs> I got that last uh, year. You didn't know this was back here? Yeah. This whole time. <laughs> no, so you got to get them cooking on it too. Showing them what, how, how easy it is. Uh, and it doesn't mess up your kitchen to be cooking outside. That's my selling point you know we can just go outside and throw it on the grill have some wine or a few beers or something and we're you know it's it's, rela- it's, yeah, our it's time. relaxing that's right it's our time it's our time out here in the See, smoke. This, <laughs> I, I, I think my route has been you know i've noticed i need to try to get if i'm bringing my kids into it so it's like well no i think i think our son wants to get a side box smoker. He's like he wants to start doing because he's been doing a little bit on the grill and the big green egg um so maybe if i can get him to be like i want it she'll give in to him. She won't give in to me. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, that's an important thing to me, bringing up the young ones and showing them, you know, uh, how to how to barbecue. I mean, I've, I know I've done it with my son, and he he gets really into it, and even doing some of the competition stuff, but it's it's teaching them something that, that's a skill they'll have for life. Yeah. I mean, and they can share with other people. So I think that's important, getting kids involved. Oh, definitely. It's, it's an experience that I wish I would have had. Um, you know, my, my family wasn't big into – um, into barbecue and cooking that much, all that much. But, um, you know, being able to share it with my kids, you know, is something that is, is special. Um, I, ha- I think I have a picture of all of my kids when they're right about one year, um, just gnawing on a rib bone. Um, and that's it's something like, I, I, for some reason, I took it with, with my first son and then every other one, like if I could just get them started on ribs, you know, and, and meat on a bone. And so now, you know, they're, they all love ribs. Um, and so I think I'm, I'm getting them slowly coming in. Um, I think my, uh, I'm still waiting to see my youngest daughter. She's, um, she'll be three in September. So we're still waiting on her to try to see where she is in the personality, but I'm hoping, um, that she's going to be the daddy's girl that really likes to be around the grill. Um, since she'll be the one with me the longest since all the other kids will, will grow up and leave me quick. Um, I'm hoping to get her into the, uh, into the BBQ world. Just to just to have a, a little buddy out there, you know. Oh man, yeah, you can't you can't beat it. That's for sure. So you you mentioned earlier you like injections. Do you have any other plans for making some? You know, maybe your own line of injections or rubs or anything like that. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, that's kind of one of those things where I, I would love to put all this together and, and come up with a, a whole line, whole um, whole big umbrella of things. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's been slow going a little bit. Um, I have a, a, a couple of rubs that I like to use myself that I, that I mix up. Um, and you know, it would be great to be able to put those under the label too. The new, uh, new manufacturer that we found, um, is able to do dry stuff as well. So, you know, hopefully down the line, 74 BBQ is going to have, uh, you know, we'll have the sauces, the rubs, everything that, uh, anybody would want, um, to, to complete their barbecue. Man, that's exciting too. I know, you know, when we first started developing our stuff, I mean, you, you know, you don't really know if people are going to like it. You know, it's, you hope they do. You know, you re- yeah, you really hope they do. <laughs> but it's you know, it's, it's a lot of fun just going through and testing out and developing new flavors and 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 spreading you know spreading them out to people and getting them to try them and give you feedback. That that was that was what it was you know exciting to me for a lot of it. I think the hardest part mm-hmm. is everybody you give it to to try is usually a friend or somebody you're close with. And they're scared to death they're going to hurt your feelings. I'm like, no, I'll, like, 
I'm finna spend some money. I want you to be honest. Be is, is it yeah. good or yeah. is it not? You know, yeah. what no, do you like? That's right. That's right. So finding well, a good crowd. That is- was my big fear when we were starting this whole process out. And I said, you know, yeah, I, I make my own sauce. And uh, my partner was like, well, is it any good? And I was like, I love it. And, and my wife loves it. Um, and anyone I've served it to seems to enjoy it. But then he was like, well, yeah, but have you ever given it to somebody and not told them what it was and just see their reaction? He's like, no. He goes, well, of course you idiot. They're sitting right in front of you. They're going to tell you it tastes good. They're not going to tell you it's terrible right in front of your face. He's like, oh crap. All right. So he was like, make me up a batch and I'll, I'll do take it around and blind taste test with other people and, and we'll get some real feedback on it. And he's like, you know, that's a good point because when you're sitting at a barbecue and uh, you get all your friends and family around, you know, it might not be like, I know, I know I like it. So I know it's at least, uh, you can at least eat it. Um, but if someone's looking at me and like, oh, yeah, this thing's good, Nick. Yeah, keep keep serving it up for me. And he's like, <laughs> oh, shoot. So it was it's one of those things where it's like, oh, crap, maybe it isn't good. <laughs> so do you have a favorite? Now, I know Jersey's not known for barbecue, but do you have a favorite spot up there where, where that you would go if you're not going to eat your own cooking? Yeah, we have a couple of spots, um, you know, yeah, and, and it is difficult here in the Garden State. We are not known for our barbecue. Um, but we have one local spot here in town that does a fantastic job. You know, they, uh, they're a small company. They, they started out doing uh, mainly catering, but then have switched over um, and now have a little restaurant. Um, and, and they do they, they do some really good barbecue. Um, you know, it, it's fun. They, they do a bunch of community stuff, too. They, um, they've hosted a couple of uh, barbecue competitions um, and it's been it, it's been fun seeing them grow um, because we don't have a lot of a lot of really good barbecue around here. So you know if, if there is a spot, it seems to grow quickly, and uh, and they do a great job. Yeah, well, I, I know you've met a couple of my friends up there at the block party because I mentioned to to my buddy the barbecue ninja that you were going to be on the podcast this week. And he said, "Man, you ain't gonna believe this. I got a picture with with, with Nick. <laughs> he was he was hanging out at the bar at the block party there in, in the Big Apple." So. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought I said, "Well, that's a small world." You know, he's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> that's a cool event where they did, um, and it's been a couple of years. Um, unfortunately, you know, those the kids get older and they get a bunch of activities. But I remember when I went to it, um, it was it was a really cool event. You know, having all these people come around. You know, you're in the New York City, um, but you have you know barbecue from all over the country. And all in one little area. Um, and, oh, man, some of that stuff was fantastic. We were trying, um, you know, so many different styles and so many great uh, great chefs working on it. It was it was fantastic. That's one event that I hope comes back. I know, you know, the pan, they, they kind of had moved it around or something. They lost the location, then the pandemic came, and things got kind of messed up. But I hope I do hope that one comes back because I never got the chance to go to it. That's one that's in my, you know. Malcolm shop to the Big Apple. <laughs> to the Big Apple. But, <laughs> but, well, hey, Nick, I know we've talked about your sauces and all the things upcoming. We really hadn't told anybody where they can get your stuff, man. So if anybody wants to try <laughs> your sauces, what's the best way to, to find you where they can get some of it? So, uh, unfortunately, we're not national yet in, as far as retail stores, but uh, we are online um, pretty solidly. So, you, if you go to 74bbq.com, um, you can, and it's spelled out 74bbq, uh, you can you can buy it there. Um, you can also get it on Amazon, um, which is pretty cool. That just opened up 
about two months ago, we were, we finally broke into Amazon. So you can go to Amazon, search 74 BBQ, um, and it's right there ready for you. So, you know, you can buy it online, um, which I know is tricky in the sauce world because shipping, you know, is killer. Um, but hopefully as we continue to grow, you know, here in, in uh, New Jersey, we have, we have locations, which you can see on 74BBQ.com. You can find it, uh, which locations, but we have spots in New Jersey, um, Connecticut and New York, um, where you can go into a store and buy, um, and one store in Ohio as well. So we're starting to spread out, um, which is, is pretty neat. Uh, we just need to get, hopefully with the Amazon going well, um, we can maybe leverage that and get into some Walmarts and stuff and try to get it, you know, a little bit more nationally. Yeah, man. Well, Hey, Wish you all the luck in that. I got to get some down here to try too. And it's in the cart. Don't worry. You've already Mark, Mark's on, on the there way. buying it right now. So good <laughs> deal. We'll uh, you know we'll put all that out on our social channels too, where they can find you. So so hopefully uh, you know people will you know order some of your sauce up, help you support your charity, and then and then man, we hope you know wish you well. Is there any other place? I know you've got an Instagram. Do you want to tell folks where they can find you besides the seventy four bbq dot com? Yeah, um, 74bbq.com uh, for that. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Nick Mangold, um, and Instagram, which I think is uh, real Nick Mangold, because for some reason someone took Nick Mangold um, <laughs> as a fake account, which is weird. Um, but, you know, Facebook and Instagram, uh, not Facebook, I got rid of that a while ago, uh, but Twitter and, and Instagram, uh, Nick Mangold, um, I'm on there, you know, as much as, uh, as anybody with four kids can be um and so it's uh it's a quick way to to hit me up and, and if you got any questions comments concerns or if you just you just want to say hi yeah awesome man well hey y'all reach out to nick and, and give him a follow and and i know you do a podcast as well is that all jets talk or do you work some barbecue in there i try to get um a bunch of barbecue in any, anywhere i can um <laughs> and that's where the jets have been fantastic they let me uh, I do a bunch of a bunch of work for them, um, you know, creative wise and, and content wise. Uh, but they let me kind of go where I want, and so uh, I've been able to do a bunch of different tailgating series, a bunch of different uh, grilling series um, that have been a lot of fun. Well, man, Nick, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for joining us here at How to Barbecue Right podcast, and uh, we'll have to catch back up sometime, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, if I make my way down there, I'll hit you up. Uh, it would be great to have a, a reasonable guide showing me around, uh, you know, the good spots to go. Hey, we can do that, man. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Nick Mangold, and check him out, 74BBQ.com. Mark, he's, uh, yeah, Nick's got it going on, man. He's, man, I never would even think about getting barbecue in New Jersey, but hey. <laughs> that's right. Hey, I mean, it just goes to show you barbecue is everywhere. Yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of these uh, NFL players get into it. We've been uh, we, Tyler. I think we've been talked to several. We got a couple more lined up to about four or five people consistently talking yeah, about us. So. Yeah, that's, that's that's awesome. That's NFL players that are getting into barbecue. Well, I think a lot I guess of they, maybe they saw Bo Jackson do it. Remember, yeah. Where were we at with World Food? World Foods. Bo Jackson was there and had a big thing. He, who was it? Waylon got ex- who was it? Got so excited. Somebody was like pumped, and I can't remember if it was you, Waylon, or Jay. Waylon. It's probably Wayland. I don't know. I've never been a – I mean, Bo Jackson's great, you know. He's, he's an Auburn guy. But, no, it's kind of neat. Like, you know, I, I mean, I like watching football. I'm not really no football genius or nothing, but it's kind of funny. You either get people to come to your house to watch the football and eat good barbecue or they come to eat good barbecue and just happen to watch football, yeah, you know, right. one of the that's two. Right. <laughs> no, I, you know, I've, I'm a football fan. I love it. I'm, I, I, 
y'all may not know this, but Nick was badass. <laughs> I mean, he was, I mean, he was all pro. But he's, you know, he's, he's a giant dude. He probably, he may not have looked that big on the zoom on the video, but man, in real life, he's like six, four was three, it was prime. You ain't going like, to take a rib from it was him. like prime over 300 pounds. He's a big joker now. So don't think he wasn't, he wasn't bad to the bone, but yeah. Uh, wish him all the best luck. I'm looking forward. Did you really order? Some yeah, no, stuff? I got it. Oh, Went good. to Amazon, got yeah, a bottle of yeah, regular and cool, bottle of spicy. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're going to have to try that. I can't wait. So, um, what do we got coming up? We're doing some, we got some, uh, more out the smokes that we're working on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to film some next week too, right? Yes. Tyler, what, what, are we what day are we filming, Tyler? <laughs> we're doing that Wednesday. Wednesday? Good, good. If, if it don't rain, we're going to hopefully do the uh, Cowboy Washer review yep. and do the Bull Boss a review on how that thing works. We've got some... Uh, really, we just want to cook crawfish. Yeah. One more good time. <laughs> get another crawfish cook in. We've got some other ideas. We need to show people how to uh, how we do like a... Just a regular maintenance on our pellet grills, like stuff you should be doing after you do a couple cooks. Yeah. Just vacuuming them out, cleaning out the grease, all that stuff. Can I bring mine up here and let you do it? That's, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm hey. counting on you this one, Mark. This You're going to point. Yeah, yeah. Little bird dog. But, uh, and then we'll probably, I, I, I kind of had the idea, let's uh, calibrate some thermometers because I'd always need to know if my thought the thermometers are good. I mean, that's that's a big thing. You know, people, yeah. if you watch a lot of these like Facebook pages and stuff like that, guys like, well, my rib my ribs took two hours longer this time, or you know, yeah. vice versa. Or my grill's cooking way hotter than it should. I tempt them it's this. Yeah, like, and especially right. especially on a pellet grill, like you let soot build up on that probe. Oh yeah, you don't realize you're you not realizing yeah. I need to clean that probe off, especially on a pellet grill because you you need to take it. You know, I don't talk about like take sandpaper and no, stuff it up. It clean. You got to keep it clean. That really soot builds up. Clean. I mean, it's affecting what it's truly reading. It's yeah. just like insulation, you know. And it's never bad to put something in there and test them. No. I don't know if you can calibrate those, but you, they can go bad. So it's always good to know to know your equipment. So I kind of thought we might do that and out the smoke. Um, we've also got that rib practice you talked about coming up. We're going to work on work on that a couple of times. We've got load in for Memphis in May. What May the two weeks eighth? I think so. That's not far off. Far off at all. We've the next four weeks gonna be weeks. busy. Yeah, super busy. But that's uh, you know, it's it's fixing to get exciting. May I'm ready to cook. May is barbecue month. We're doing our Malcolm and May promotion, right, Tyler? We've got a live stream coming up next week. We've got who's uh, going to be on that live stream, Malcolm? Uh, that one's going to be the uh, barbecue ninja. Craig. He's coming in, Craig Verhaga. He's coming back to do the live stream. So we're going to drink probably some Miller Lights and and uh. I don't know. We might have to bring margarita. It's getting close to Cinco de Mayo. Man, there's a lot of great stuff happens in May. We got a margarita Barbecue contest. Month, Cinco de Mayo. We got a bar- margarita contest at the office. Test that margarita we've got, recipe. Yeah, we've got Memphis in May. I'm going back to Jamaica at the end of the month. It's just uh, this May is shaping up. Looking pretty good. Yeah, it's my birthday's in May. The month of George. It's the month of Malcolm. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to keep doing some podcasts. Hopefully, Shell will be back next week. Oh yeah. I have missed her today, Mark. I mean, I mean you're, you know, you're, you're great and all, but I ain't playing footsie with you under the table <laughs> right, or nothing like that. Right. So I ain't got anybody to real be back in. I can't look at you and smile. Say, oh, my <laughs> But, well, uh, Tyler, is there anything else that we had on the list that we need to talk about that we have missed or overlooked? I think that's about it, man. Uh, can you tell me where they can find you? Yeah, you can find uh, Can you me, do this? You how, to how to do this? BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We've got an app. If you don't know about the app, it's on the uh, Apple Store and on the uh, was it Google Play Store. 
It's how to barbecue right, and it's going to give you a link to all the stuff we're putting out. You can get the videos on there, get the blog post, you can get to listen to the podcast, and you can get to the shop if there's anything you need. And, uh, you know. And you can find Shell at Miss Southern Shell at Instagram. <laughs> Where can they find you at, Mark? There we go. You can find us at uh, Swine Like BBQ on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, not so much, but. And we do have a TikTok. We hadn't done anything yet, but it's on the way. Okay. okay. Might have to bust out old Barbecue Boomhauer on. <laughs> Boomhauer Barbecue yeah. on TikTok. Give me a little sample of what that's going to sound I can't turn that loose yet. You... <laughs> top secret. Yeah, top, top secret. secret. Uh, well, that's, hey, that's about it. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us today, and we're gone.